Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, according to latest reports, 86% of community managers from 508 different companies said that community was critical to their company's mission and future. But what are these virtual communities and what will be the impact on businesses that fail to grow their own? Amber Atherton is a British entrepreneur who's currently the head of strategic communities at Discord, and she's the author of The Rise of Virtual Communities in Conversation with Virtual World Pioneers. And she joins me now. Good morning to you, Amber. How are you? Good morning from San Francisco. I am oh. very well. <laughs> Glad what a lovely here. city. I'd love to be there now, but uh, you're very welcome, Amber. You might start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and indeed uh, the new book, The Rise of Virtual Communities. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I've spent most of my career in and around virtual community building, uh, being being one, a very keen uh, player and participant in communities from Neopets to Club Penguin um, back when I, I was a kid, um, all the way through to founding um, multiple businesses and uh, ultimately being acquired by Discord. And um, it was here that I, I really started to become fascinated with what the history was of all of these platforms that have been built um, since the early 1980s through to today and what patterns there were in online community building. And as you mentioned in your introduction, community building has really become inseparable from business building. Uh, And I think this new generation of consumers expect there to be a community uh, alongside products. So a community then is, you're not just talking to customers. Maybe you might explain that because it's a much wider audience than just customers. Yeah, and and that's actually a key point. I think so often people make the mistake that uh, your customers are your community. And in fact, they're they're not. You know, the customers are the people that that buy your product. But the community of people who come together and congregate around the product to find, uh, you know, friendship, utility, discussion, uh, everything that orbits your product. Um, So I think there's a real gap in the market right now for education in terms of how this space has evolved and then tactical advice for business owners of any scale of how might they uh, bring their customers together to form community. And so those are some of the ideas that the book uh, aims to tackle. And in in the ideal world, Amber, what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to give maybe a sense of belonging to anybody who interacts with your product or service? Would that be a, a a decent summary? Yeah, I think that's a great summary. I, I I think you know ultimately we all want community in some form, whether it's virtual or in real life. You know, we we have a need for human connection and and this this sense of belonging. And I think that you know businesses can serve as a vehicle for community. Um, so the, the the goal of the book is to is to chart the 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 evolution of these communities as technology has evolved. And there's some fascinating insights in terms of, you know, whether it's the the first avatar-based chat room all the way through to Web3 token-based blockchain communities and uh, the similar challenges that you face when you are building, uh, you know, places to hang out online. <laughs> yeah. And can you give us an, an example then of, you know, a, a community that would be working, say, really well? versus one that is making a lot of mistakes. I assume that you need, you know, you want people speaking positively about 
your product and your service, whatever that might be. And you also want to be providing them with assistance around maybe it's using the product or, or you know, I, I'm just trying to, I just like to maybe work that through. Well, give us a good example of, of this, of a, a really good community working well. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, a good community working well requires a number of different ingredients. So one, you've got to architect the space thoughtfully. So where where is this community living? Uh, you know, there are so many platforms you can use today uh, to facilitate that. It might be a WhatsApp group. It might be a Discord server. Um, so thinking thoughtfully about, you know, who who is going to be in this community and, and how do I architect the space is one. Two is having a community manager. So you really do need to invest in the resources for somebody to be in the community, getting to know the other community members, welcoming them to the space, you know, planning community programming. So it is an investment. And um, I think that you can't ignore those two things if you want community to be successful. Um, And why invest in community, I suppose, is the next question. And I think that the, the goal here is to drive loyalty. You know, if you bring people yeah. into this space, they are much more likely to be loyal to your product and to, uh, you know, form form friendships, which is which is uh, is a great great mission alongside capitalism. <laughs> and in terms of controlling the community, is that something that the brand uh, should actively try and do, or because I'd suggest that maybe, you know, if the environment wasn't right in the community. You don't want to lose control of what people are saying and doing around your product, do you? Yeah, I I think there are a number of ways that you can set community up to protect the product and the brand. And one of those is is making the community private. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a interview and application Mm -hmm. process to join the community. And I think what I'm seeing now is a lot of virtual communities, they have a, uh, a, a video interview to even get into the community. You know, if you imagine uh, real world members clubs, it's not too dissimilar from that. So then you have a high bar for those who are participating and you as the community manager, you know, know who's coming into this space. I think that uh, you can't really control the conversation too much, you know, and, and I think that's the challenge that brands and businesses need to get over is once you create this space, it's free speech. Your 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 customers yeah. are going to speak about what they want. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that could be a double edged sword, as we know. Um, but uh, at the same time, it shouldn't stop one. Uh, you know, what about things like member retention, the importance of in jokes, you know, proper behavior in the group, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. These are all like key parts of community building. And and you'll see this come up throughout the book and with a a lot of, you know, recognizable platforms, whether it's, you know, Second Life or or Reddit or Habbo Hotel, you know, all of these founders um, within the interviews speak about these key things like member retention, the importance of building community law. DeviantArt is is one of my favorite interviews in the book. And Angelo, the founder, mentions... uh, the idea of llamas. So on DeviantArt, you were able to send digital llamas to people as a sort of gift and recognition. And this predates, you know, sending people NFTs or likes. It was just sort of a fun digital product. Um, And, you know, that's still very 
prevalent in corners of the internet today and internet culture is you see these little llamas and that is a piece of the law. Um, so I, I think that that is a fun thing to build over time uh, with, with your community is start small, you know, it just have, have a, have one or two channels or topics you speak about and then let the community evolve and build the space with you. That comes up time and time again throughout the book. Yeah. So the, the, the importance of maybe, as you say, starting small, uh, letting it grow, you know, on its own initiative that it doesn't seem to be driven uh, from HQ or whatever else. So that it it actually does form a life of its own or a good one should certainly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, you can decouple the community name from the brand name. That's a good uh, tactic to take. And uh, yeah, you should be empowering community members and ideally identifying members in the community who you can give more responsibility to. Because, you know, if you're running a small business and you uh, are dealing with all the other, you know, challenges of running a small business, you you need people to help you. Um, And giving a sense of ownership responsibility to community members early on is definitely going to help you uh, drive engagement and uh, better manage your time. Is there a, a research and development function around community that you've got, I suppose, loyal customers, you've got other uh, people who are interested and uh, hopefully speaking well of your product. But is there a forum in there that you should be asking this group what the next product should be? Oh, absolutely. I I think that's another uh, critical sort of return on community investment is it sort of serves as a real-time focus group. So what better way to get insights from your customers around what you know products they want, what events they want, what experiences they expect than having this sort of chat with them. Um, so I think you know a lot of businesses view that as you know a key indicator of success is this the community serves as a sort of focus group 2.0. Um, so yeah, definitely a key key part of investing in community. And finally, Amber, can I ask you then about your thoughts on the likes of the metaverse and the increasingly involved nature of the internet? How is that going to impact community building in the long run, in your view? Well, this is a fascinating question that I attempt to answer in in the book. You know, I'm tracking the development of online communities alongside technological evolutions from the 1980s to today. And I think, you know, if you want to predict what's happening in the future, you know, just look back in the past because history so often repeats itself. And I think that where we are going is not too dissimilar from some of the trends that happened in the past. You know, there were virtual worlds and as early as you know the early 90s and I think that people will always want a sense of gathering in real life alongside uh, virtual worlds and until the hardware and the fidelity get better in terms of headsets <laughs> yeah. I think we're still going to be operating from a computer or an iPhone to access these virtual worlds um, but I think you can't ignore you know half of US kids play Roblox every day so for this new generation going up growing up living um, in virtual worlds more of the time is becoming the norm so I think it's going to be fascinating how, how, how it evolves well look it's a very interesting space my guest was Amber Atherton, a British entrepreneur and author of 
the rise of virtual communities in conversation with virtual world pioneers. Thank you for joining us, Amber. It's a fascinating read. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk.